And with that, I welcome you to the Ah uh, Podcast. I am your host, B. Let's see what's going on today. We're shooting this on a Friday uh, around dinner time, 6.15 to be exact. And I-, I am a believer, gentlemen. Gardner Minshew on Thursday Night Football showed uh, what he's all about and, frankly, what Taming of the Minshew is all about because Jake Weiner has shocked this league. He's turned it upside down and on its head because Taming of the Minshew sitting at fifth place currently in the more taste league looks like a team that could be competitive this season. It's absolutely shocking to me. It's shocking to you. There's only one person who believed, and that's Jake. And, Jake, uh, we all owe you an apology, buddy, because, frankly, I kind of agreed with your own analysis a few weeks ago where you... You said that you could possibly see your team going winless this season. And at the time, it was very valid. But all of a sudden, I'll tell you what, this team, you look at your running backs, Ezekiel Elliott and Derrick Henry, those are two studs. And if you can get these receivers in order, because Gardner Minshew looks here to stay, an absolute dynamite performance on Thursday night football last night. And he looked like he belonged in the NFL. I think he's already solidified himself a place in this league for the next decade. Whether it be a starter or a backup, uh, it will remain uh, to be seen. But you got to figure, at worst, this guy's career path is going that of a McCown or a, a Nick Foles before the Super Bowl type where he's just going to be a rock-solid backup in the NFL uh, for a while. But all in all, Jake, an absolute dynamite performance from your boy last night. 100 waiver dollars on that. So uh, you got your money's worth more than your money's worth last night. And this guy looks like he's going to be a really, really solid NFL quarterback. I'm, I know it's a could be a little bit of a rash reaction here, but I, he just looked like he belonged last night. I was watching the game, and I'll tell you what, I, I was really pissed at the other guy. Uh, my rival in rivalry week, playing Ephraim Adler, Ephraim was very active uh, in the game, hoping for 16 points out of Marcus Mariota. Uh, he didn't quite get it, but F... You're a winner today because you watched the first half of that game and you were so distraught and devastated that you couldn't even put on the second half. F. You couldn't even put it on. I watched that game. That guy was a fucking joke. He wasn't even a funny joke. He wasn't even an offensive joke. He was just a joke where you just stare at the person because you didn't fucking get it. Right? I didn't understand what I was watching yesterday. He looked terrible. It looked like one of us just went out there and had some better arm strength than we do now, and you were just throwing the ball around. You couldn't, he couldn't hit an open fucking receiver to save his life. He didn't look like he knew what a ball was. Barely knew how to grip it. He doesn't run anymore. He doesn't even look to run 34 rushing yards from Marcus Mariota. Completely have neutered him. He's completely regressed. I, I think... I, I don't know if they're going to bench him. Uh, if it was up to me... Uh, I would I would put him on the bench. Not because he hasn't played well, but because of how just he just looks so lost. He looks like he forgot how to play quarterback. I couldn't believe it, F. To have almost 16 points, you, you should be thanking your lucky stars. Because that was disgraceful. In no realm should that man have gotten over 5 points. Disgraceful. He was re- rewarded of, for mediocrity. You were rewarded a mediocre performance from Marcus Mariota when, frankly, he laid a fucking egg. He was a milk dud last night, F. An absolute dud in the game. And I don't blame you. You were texting me. You were distraught. You couldn't even watch the game or check fantasy because of it. And, frankly, I couldn't blame you. You escaped, though, F. You do. Because I'll tell you what. He gets his right. Oh, he got over his projection. Could you believe that? Did you, if you watched any semblance of that game last night, that guy doesn't belong in the NFL. I think you have to put him on the bench. But F, uh, as I texted you, or uh, it's both the beauty and the pain of fantasy that a guy could be that inept on the field and he gets rewarded with a pedestrian outing in fantasy. 304 passing yards and 34 rushing yards. He didn't throw for a touchdown and he gives you close to 16 points. God, that pisses me off. It really does. Because my team was in great position to seize control of this week. And this guy decides to salvage it. I We shouldn't be rewarding this. I don't think there's a fix to this. And this is kind of just an angry rant. But on what fucking planet does this guy deserve 16 points? Seriously. He doesn't deserve it. It's disgraceful. It's really disgraceful. I wish there was some sort of efficiency or some sort of arbitrary 
governing body that could subtract seven points from his performance just because he stunk last night. They scored seven points. Oh, my God. This guy is so far from an NFL starting quarterback, it's scary. You have to put him on the bench. He just looks... He needed a map to find an open receiver. Yet Corey Davis had to make that spectacular one-handed catch on the sideline. That's a routine throw in the NFL. Routine. Hit him on the numbers and he'll coast right out of bounds. This guy has to look like some... Olympic gymnast, acrobating, pirouetting his way through the air to catch a ball with one hand because Marcus Mariota can't put a ball uh, from the far hash on the numbers anymore. On a perfectly fine route, he was open, and he just couldn't hit him. Right on target. Disgraceful. 16 points. Uh, that'll kick off rivalry week for you. And and frankly, I'm really not thrilled. And, and after drinking... A venti iced coffee. I currently have a shot of espresso here with a decaf shot also. Uh, I, I still can't process what happened last night. That was an absolute shit show to watch uh, on Marcus Mariota's behalf. Uh, and frankly, this league, what I love about this league is that the narrative changes really fast because it looked like Jake was going to be a bottom dweller. And, and all of a sudden, he gets a little bit of production from his wide receivers. And now his team looks pretty freaking good, doesn't it? I mean, you're looking at this team, I still think there are going to be consistency issues for taming of the Minshew. But if you're a, if Galladay or one of these guys between Galladay, Edelman, and Crowder is able to step up moving forward, this looks like a pretty fucking good team to me. I mean, I don't think Vance McDonald's good for two tutters a week, but, uh, you know, like he had uh, in week two. But again, I absolutely like this team all of a sudden. And I don't really, you know, I, I'm kind of, Hesitate to go back on a take so early on because, you know, things do tend to even out. But again, like, this team has shown competency. I'm looking at Jake's put up 159 points, and I don't see why this isn't uh, possible every single week. That one of his receivers has a big week, the other two do damage control. He gets great production from his running backs, solid production from his quarterbacks. Okay, yeah, maybe Vance McDonald's uh, production was a little high in week two, dropping almost 23 points, but... You know, he can make up for that chip away a little bit. I mean, if Crowder and Edelman give him each an extra five or six points, which is possible, all of a sudden his team is looking pretty solid. So, Jake, I owe you an apology. This league owes you an apology. And frankly, my friend, your team as of right now seems to be sitting pretty. Um, obviously, some concerns uh, if Minshew was to go down but or, or your other quarterback, um, Josh Allen. But as of right now, Jake, um, it looks really solid and... And frankly, you have Herndon coming back, and that'll just be a nice addition to you. But uh, that's kind of where I wanted to tip off here on a rivalry week. Always an emotional week here in the Mortes League. Uh, let's, let's go through week two a little bit here, because I, I really think we have to do that. Uh, it's going to be quick, because so much ha I mean, this week two, ladies and gentlemen, was absolutely the most crazy week two I could ever remember in the National Football League. Not in the Mortes League. But how, I mean, between Minka Fitzpatrick, Jalen Ramsey, Drew Brees, and Ben Roethlisberger in week two, and now you're coupling this in with the news of Antonio Brown this afternoon, a released? This is an absolute crazy start to this NFL season. And I love it. I mean, this has become an absolute circus. I think it's, good, I think it's both good and bad for the league. I think this Antonio Brown thing, though, is a complete joke. Uh, I do. And I, I'm... I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I think I think his time's over. I do. I don't see a reason to to uh, bring him onto your team. I think clearly, if he can't stick in New England, where can he stick? I mean, what locker room can control this guy? I think he's done. And and frankly, I don't have no pro I have no problem with that. Talent will be there, but I just don't see how you can roster him at this point. But it's kicking off week two. Uh, We'll go down the matchups pretty pretty fairly uh, efficiently here. Uh, my team uh, put up 168 uh, against Kyle Orton, who put up 155. Sammy, see, I got to give you credit, man. You made me sweat because Kai and I were kind of freaking out a little bit here when Demarcus Robinson was going off. Um, he looked to be every part of a NFL contributor and then some because this guy's had some talent. He kind of stands out when you watch him on the field. 
Um, and, and he was a threat, a deep ball threat. Six catches, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Mahomes seemed to feel pretty comfortable laying the ball out there for him. And uh, this Chiefs offense didn't miss a beat without uh, Ty Hill. Sammy C., you lost Ty Hill. I give you credit for this pickup, and your team fought admirably. But ultimately, uh, you have a guy like Mitch Trubisky, and I told you LaShawn McCoy is washed. I've said it. Put him on a clothesline. He's done. Sam, get rid of him. Do not play him in your lineup. He is done. He's done. You need to put him on the bench. You have to find another option. I don't know how, what to tell you, but you're 0-2. And another thing, Sam, you're talking about fucking your season and all that. And it's fun and games. It's fun and games. But here's the cold, hard truth. Ready? You claim you always like to remind everyone that you're a champion, right? No champion would ever say fuck this season or fuck this after an 0-2 start. No? That's soft. That's a soft mentality. And that's why your team's going nowhere this season. You don't have a winner's mentality, Sammy. See, that's why you negotiated your way into a championship. What kind of champion is going to give up two weeks in? Your team put up 155 points. You don't think you could string together some wins, right? If you claim to be such a great manager, you should be able to find a way to creep back into this race. It's disgraceful. It is. It pisses me off. It really does. Because I still look at this team and I still see some potential here, but you just don't, you don't have the berries. You don't have the stones to figure it out. You're too busy in Europe having some fun with Aaron D, and that's all nice and fun and games, but we all know if you were 2-0, you'd be jawing in this chat, and you're not. You've given up. Two weeks in. It's not right. The integrity of this league, you're putting a blemish on it by not trying here. This looks terrible. This is a terrible look. Playing out, look at this. And I can't figure out what the deal with Mitch Trubisky is here uh, because I said this guy sucked a year ago. He proved me wrong. So then I said, okay, he's not going to lose you any games at the start of this season. And now he sucks again. I don't fucking understand it. But uh, I, I just, I hate the mentality, Sammy C. I still think there's some talent on this team. And uh, it's just not, it's not right. It's really not. Uh, anyway... Uh, Andy Dalton gave, gave you a solid performance. You had 155 points. I don't understand why you're giving up. Uh, my team, again, put up a huge week. I'm not going to talk about my team too much. I, I think uh, it's off to a nice start, but David Johnson concerns me. But Sammy C., you got to have a little bit more of a positive outlook, man. You're 0-2. The sky isn't falling yet. It's just winning time now. The playoffs will start early for you, buddy. I would get out there, and I'd start treating every week like a must-win week. Instead of saying, fuck this season, I understand you're frustrated. Sure, sure, who wouldn't be? You're own too. You're, st you're, you know, you're all but done. You're all but done, but you're not done. You can still string together some wins. The season is early enough. Uh, there's only two teams that are 2-0, and Sammy C. You can get right back in the race. But it starts with the attitude. It does. And until that changes, I think this team is going to continue to take shape of your attitude and it's going to, going to continue to sink. But, you know, uh, there, I still think there's a little bit of hope for you, Sammy C, and I hope you turn it around. I really do. Anyway, let's move down to the next matchup here in Week 2. We had Dude I Palmered You in Return of the Mac, 151 to 137. Uh, Dude I Palmered You uh, has a great team. I said it was a good team to start the season, and this is a very, very good team. Unfortunately, uh, he's had a couple of injuries. Uh, we can get into that a little bit here. Uh, Drew Brees is obviously the name to talk about here, and then you have his tight end, Njoku. But it really starts and ends with Drew Brees because this is going to be tough. Uh, had to go out and get another quarterback, and, and that's fine, but... Obviously not going to provide the production that Mr. Breeze is able to provide. And so it'll be interesting to see how Dudai Palmerdew navigates his way through these four to six weeks. If it's four, uh, Dudai Palmerdew, you, you know, you go one, and th even if you go one and three, you'd be right, right in it, right? You'd be sitting at three and three. Uh, if it's closer to six, you know, that, that could create some issues depending how you're able to, to perform, your squad's able to perform here because... Obviously, you, you can't go one and five here. It'd be just too much of a hole to climb out of. But two and four, three and three, you're hovering around 500. You get fully healthy. Your team's proven to be good. And I think you could, that would be enough time to make a late push for you. I really do. Um, but obviously, that injury definitely hurts. But I still really like your team. Your receivers are freaking 
dynamite. And I think you have enough pieces here on the bench uh, to make a couple of trades. And you could potentially upgrade a quarterback. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how you uh, manage that and navigate that as uh, Drew Brees' injury progresses, uh, his recovery progresses. Uh, flipping over to F in week two, Fee, uh, this is the issue I've said for you. I, I'm not laughing at your team. I think it's a good team, but the upside just isn't there. And I know a couple of your guys didn't perform. Marlon Mack, O.J. Howard didn't come to play. Dan Bailey, uh, product of bad game flow, didn't really get a, a ton of opportunities uh, uh, and missed a field goal. But uh, again, this team, outside of a couple of guys, I just don't see a scenario in which it's has the capability to go for 170 points. Uh, it, it doesn't. It's not threatening. It would be more of a blip rather than a potential trend for your fee. And so I think you you have a good bench. You can make a trade, and I would look into doing that because I think there you do have some redeeming pieces here, and I do think you can be a competitive team this season. But uh, again, it's something I think you're going to have to address. And I, you know, I'm of the belief that you shouldn't wait around in this league with how congested it, it becomes and how difficult it is to get in the playoffs, I, would, I wouldn't I would wait and let things unfold. I'd be on the uh, the attack. So, Fee, I, I expect you to definitely reach out to some teams, try to make a trade. Uh, but, but all in all, Fee, I think you have some good pieces. And moving on to our next matchup here, carry on Wayward Son, toppled, saved by LaBelle. Um, carry on, uh, I picked against you this week, and I apologize for that. Uh, Jordy R., your team has been, well, let's back up. One, two, three. Jordy Ray. Jordy Ray's team coming off a very promising week one, did not really deliver in week two. Uh, 109 points, Jordy. Um, I, I think again, I'm going to, you know, defend your team here because I'm looking at this roster and I still believe in this team. And I just think you had a bad week. Uh, it happens. The stars align and your guys just didn't come to play when they needed to. Uh, Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins, Mike Evans. I mean, D.D. Westbrook was a no show. None of that. None of them outside of your running back showed any semblance of, of competency. But Jordy R, I'm telling you, man. Bell and Cook is right now looking to be the best backfield in this league. Uh, Watson, I think, just struggled in that game. Uh, Mike Evans has to get it going. He's got to have help from Jameis, but that guy obviously is an uber talent. He'll get, he'll be fine. Jordy R, I do not hate your team at all. I again, unfortunately, in this league, it's little room for error, and and you might have to tap into that team dotted line a little bit earlier than anticipated because. Uh, you just don't, you can't start 0-3 in this league, right? This is an absolute must-win uh, week for you in rivalry week, and we will get there, but Jordy R, I, I still, I still like your team, um, again, but just, you gotta, you gotta find a way to win this week. It, you just can't start 0-3, but I, I think, again, you just kind of, sometimes you lay a stinker and you just gotta throw it out the window, forget about it. Jordy R, if this was real life, I would just burn the film tape, I wouldn't even watch it, forget it, and move on. Because this is not your team. Your team is better than this. And and frankly, I, I just don't see a, a repeat performance of 100, sub-110 points for you. And then on the flip side with Carrion. Carrion was actually in Michigan this week. And I would talk about the Spartan Dogs because uh, I have a lot to say about that. But let me leave it at, at this. I was thoroughly disappointed in the offense, to say the least. And I, I could talk about it, but... There's 40 minutes left of this program, and I'd be talking for 40 minutes. So I'm going to just completely ignore it, but just say I was disappointed in the offense. Uh, but I did, however, on Sunday get to watch some of the Lions. And I got to say this, Dan. Kerryon Johnson is not used enough by Detroit. He had sub-17 points in fantasy, and he's better than that. He's better than his numbers because I watched this guy. He was making guys miss left and right. Dan, this is a special back. He is. He's got to stay healthy for you. If he stays healthy, you have a dynamic team. The Lions got to get him the ball. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're undefeated, the Lions, 1-0-1. And so they're going to be in this thing, at least you know for a good chunk of the season, uh, barring some huge losing streak. 
they got to find a way to get this guy the ball because he's dynamic. I was watching him. He was making guys, he was running guys over, juking. He's a big guy. He looked fast. He looked strong. He looked like a really, really great NFL back, Dan. So I think your two backs are really good. Obviously, Kamara struggled, but I wouldn't put too much stock in that. Um, we will see, however, this Breeze injury does affect, if it does affect him, if uh, they use him more. Maybe they'll use him more in the running game. you got to figure teams are going to try to stack the line. Maybe they'll use him more in the passing game. Obviously, a very versatile guy. It'll be interesting to see how Sean Payton navigates this. Dan, your quarterbacks concern me. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I've not been a Derek Carr fan. Uh, and Jameis Winston has to, like Mariota with that draft class, is looking like an utter bum. And I know he won the game, but the guy just doesn't look to be any sort of capable starting quarterback. I, I don't I don't really understand with the weapons that he has why this team isn't scoring 25 to 30 points a night, regardless of opponent. I, I mean, O.J. Howard didn't even catch a pass. Talent-wise, that guy's one of the best tight ends in football, and I just don't understand this, Dan. But you have Evan Ingram, who's going to have some really good games, I think, now with Daniel Jones moving into the starting lineup, another headline. An absolute crazy week. But Dan, Jason, I, I think, again, I, I don't think you had the greatest week of all time. Clearly you didn't, but it, it doesn't matter. All that matters is you're one and one You found a way to win a big-time matchup, and you shouldn't apologize for that, as I've said on a previous podcast. So, Dan, Jason, you should be ecstatic. And moving on now to play the lowly Kyle Orton, a reeling Kyle Orton. And, Dan, you have a chance to reclaim... Uh, the title in this rivalry because frankly he's had your number as of late and you have a chance now to really end his season and take back what's yours um and really really diminish his pride and Dan I'm looking forward to this because I think you sense it and I think uh you're gonna find a way to get this done but we'll get there and and let's move down now to our next matchup the absolute most shocking one in the more tasty last week uh taming of the Minshew against down by the rivers uh, Davidson, your team, I think, slightly underperformed, but this was the storyline here was uh, Jake overperforming. Uh, Jake absolutely uh, exceeding expectations. His projection, he sh- overshot it by 21 points. That's a lot. Um, and, and and like I said, I, I, Jake's team looked pretty promising. It just came to play. Uh, Davidson, Rivers did not have the best game ever. Uh, he was let down a couple of times, but Again, I'm not sure why Anthony Lynn is trying to be a balanced guy here. Austin Eckler's a great pass catcher, and I would let Rivers throw the ball way more than he's thrown it. Um, you got to get Mike Mike uh, Williams healthy, but uh, 34 and 36 times, it sounds like a lot, but to me it isn't. To me it isn't, because this guy should be a threat to throw on every freaking play. Um, just... The weapons that they have and how good Keenan Allen is and how good Mike will... I mean, I would just be pinging it all over the field, but Austin Eckler fumbled at the goal line. That really cost him. And and, and Allen Robinson just had a mediocre game. Uh, I think I didn't watch too much of it, admittedly, but it seems to be that Mitch Trubisky is struggling mightily. So obviously, if you have a quarterback that can't get your guy the ball, that's going to matter. And uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks defense is a little underrated and came to play against Christian McCaffrey. And so Davidson, still putting up around 140 points, I'd be kind of happy about that, but, you know, on a bad week. But again, um, uh, just just an unfortunate uh, outcome that you kind of ran into this Gardner Minshew buzzsaw. And and we'll see again now how Jimmy Connor will, will act with uh, no Roethlisberger, how, they'll, how his usage will change. But Davidson, nowhere near panic mode. Your team's fine, and you'll look to bounce back this week. Uh, post Mahomes against the Palomalus, this was an absolute schlacking. Uh, Ian, I can't figure you out, man. I talk, I talk you down, you win, I talk you up, now you lose, and you're losing guys left and right. Antonio Brown cut, Roethlisberger gone. Uh, you do get Daniel Jones, though. Uh, so a nice little surprise there. And, uh, uh, we'll see how he's gonna perform. Listen, I was hard on the Giants for picking him, but he seemed every bit to look the part in preseason. So it'll be interesting to see how he does in his debut. Uh, I think it was long overdue that the Giants put Eli Manning on the bench. I mean, he looked completely, completely done. 
And I know there have been rumors. There will, there will always be rumors, oh, another team could take him. Eli Manning is a 500 career record as a starting quarterback. Two games, and within those two games, he's made, he's had two crazy plays. The Tyree play and the Manningham play on the sideline. I mean, I just don't think that this guy... Winning is obviously the most important thing, and so for that, I acknowledge he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. I don't see a scenario in which he does not make it. But if you're just watching the guy, he's never really looked like a Hall of Famer. He's never... If you go look at his stats, they're not really Hall of Fame worthy. He's never put together like a crazy season. And so I'm just... I'm just thankful that the Giants finally got their head out of their ass and put him on the bench. But it is time. But Ian, your team is in trouble here because it just... It, it doesn't look like it has enough firepower for me. Um, Leonard Fournette looks miserable. To have a 69-yard rush and to finish with 66 rushing yards, I think says it all. Last night in Week 3. Uh, in Week 2, he was not spectacular. And Ian, I think... Uh, you, you know, you got to pull something out. Now, listen, believe me, it'd be you to do it. And you still have Baker Mayfield, who seems to not have played his best ball here in the first two weeks. But And you have Kareem Hunt, who could potentially come back. And James Washington now is going to get a chance. So we'll see. But um, obviously, your team looks to be uh, struggling and floundering for points. On the flip side, uh, Rossby. Rossby, I told you, this team is the best team in this league. Um there's just one player I don't like on it, and it's it's Nick Chubb. Um, and again, I, I don't think... I know the fantasy points have been not terrible the first two weeks, Rossby. But again, um, I think this stuff comes to uh, comes to even out. 18 attempts for 62 yards in week two. That's not, that's not good. That's not a high yards per carry, Rossby. I, I think he'll, he'll slow down, and again, and again... With Kareem Hunt, the best back on this Browns roster in terms of talent, looming. It just scares me, Ross B. But the rest of your team is absolutely dynamite. I mean, I'm not even sure which QB is better anymore for, on your team because Lamar Jackson, Dan Jason was on this. He looks absolutely phenomenal. And so congratulations, Ross B. You currently, and for the foreseeable future, will have um, my appreciation as being the most talented team and most complete team in this league. But... As one of my newly instituted favorite sports quotes goes uh, for the rest of us, uh, it was instituted by the Army head football coach before they played Michigan. Uh, the better team doesn't have to win. So, Ross B., you still got to make the moves. Your team's going to still have to come out and perform because you're not entitled to victory. Uh, I just think roster-wise, you're going to be the favorite in most weeks that you play. And then moving along to the... Oh, wow, an absolute just... I mean, if this was... Uh, televised, I would have turned it off a long time ago because more than a Thielen against TMC, this was not a fun matchup to watch. 105 to 100, an absolute uh, defensive struggle here. And I don't think either team should be happy with their performance. Obviously, Aaron D got a unnecessary victory, but I, I'm not really, I don't even want to talk about this matchup too much. Uh, uh, TMC really struggling here with the Denver defense. Matt Prater, Joe Mixon didn't do anything. Deshaun Jackson, I, I just all around you have a few guys who don't make it really any sort of contribution, and that leads to you scoring 100 points. On the flip side, Aaron D. Cam Newton, I don't know what's wrong with him. He's hurt. He just doesn't look like he doesn't look like he wants to play quarterback anymore. He doesn't want to run. Uh, so I, you know, he hasn't been healthy in some time, and he's really he's not not thrown a touchdown pass again. Aaron D. Got to have some concerns there. Elsewhere, Hawkinson's a rookie. You know, he looked like a great tight end in week one, not so great in week two. He, that, that might be who he is. He's a rookie tight end. He might have his up weeks, his down weeks. But Aaron D, again, like, it's crucial when you do underperform. If you're able to sneak out a victory, that makes you feel great. So, again, no need to apologize, but your team's going to have to play a lot better than it did uh, moving forward. Now we'll, we'll go on to uh, to week three. Um and, and get some uh, some game picks in. Obviously, some crucial storylines here uh, that I've kind of touched on, but uh, we can do that as we progress here. Um, we'll factor in Thursday night, of course. We're halfway through the program. I'm going to do this for a little bit. We can talk a, lot, a little bit about some other stuff, but 
um, absolute excitement for rivalry week. So we'll start with my matchup against Return of the Mac. We talked about the Marcus Mariota situation. Fee, uh, again, I will reiterate for all those who have not kept hearing this song I'm singing, your team is nothing to laugh about. I just don't see a ton of firepower. I'm going to pick my team to find a way to get this done. Uh, I think I have a lot of juice on my team, and if David Johnson decides to play some competent football, I'll find a way to win. Again, I'm disgusted with him, and after singing his praises, he gives me every reason to doubt him once again with this wrist injury, and like I kept keep saying, at some point, you just are what you are, and he's a talented guy who, who is subpar to inconsistent at best. That's what he looks like when you watch him. He looks slow on the field. He doesn't look like a guy who makes people miss a ton. He doesn't look like a guy who's going to run anybody over anymore. He's a guy that if he gets through a hole and has straight line speed, he'll, yeah, he'll take it the distance, sure. But uh, again, that's not going to hold up, and I'm very concerned about him. I'm not going to lie. But on the flip side, Mark Andrews looks absolutely outstanding. And, and that's just what I'm going to say about my team, Fee Adler. you got to get O.J. Howard going. I'm going to take my team to win, but in rivalry week, things can get weird. And, and Fee, this is going to be a close matchup as it usually is between us. Moving along, we've got Saved by LaBelle putting up 13.4 points last night against Dudai Palmerview, who did not have anybody go. Uh, Delaney Walker, Ray, eventing his frustrations early on in the game, leaving a couple of studs on the bench and Mr. Shark and Dee Dee Westbrook, who will come on strong for you, Jordy R. Trust me on this one. Uh, A.J. Brown, promising, not ready yet, Ray. Good leave on the bench. Delaney Walker, 7 for 64. An absolute solid performance from your tight end. Uh, you needed that one, Ray. Um, and you're off to a solid start here. Uh, Dude, I Palmer, you inserts Mason Rudolph into the lineup here. Uh, inserts Hollywood Brown into the lineup, who's looked absolutely explosive, who I was very high on before the season. And uh, this is a big-time uh, rivalry here in the More Taste League. And I'm going to take uh, Jordy R to win this week. Uh, Hazen, I think you have an absolutely outstanding team. I think uh, it's it's going to be a better team than your record will indicate after three weeks because I think this team is very, very strong and it should be 3-0. and But I will pick Jordy R. I think his resolve, his mentality, he will find a way to squeak out a victory in which he absolutely has to have it because if he doesn't have it, uh, his season is all but over. And I think Jordy R. is going to find a way to get this thing done. Um so I'm going to take Jordy R in a close one, but obviously no surprises if uh, Dudai Palmerdew finds a way to pull it out. Dudai Palmerdew, last little bit, brings in Greg Olson, who when healthy has really, really looked still solid at age 34? That's kind of a guess, but it sounds like it could be right. Anyway, Dudai Palmerdew, I think, has a, has a chance to win, but I will just take Jordy Ray because he needs it more. Moving along. Down by the rivers. Projected 160 points against more than a Thielen, who's enjoying time in Europe in what could be a pivotal, pivotal matchup this week and determinable for how his season will play out. More than a Thielen, I'm not picking you this week. You're away. There is no chance you deserve to win. You don't deserve it. And I'm taking down by the rivers. You're across the pond. I'm not liking it. I think it was a mistake, and I think your players will perform as if their governor is not here, because he won't be. I'm taking down by the rivers. You're out partying. Give me DBTR in a landslide this week. I like rivers to bounce back. I like James Conner to perform here. I think they're going to hand him the ball a lot. Christian McCaffrey should explode after a quiet week against Arizona. Chris Godwin's going to have a field day against the Giants. And I just like down by the rivers. I think this team has moxie, and I think Zach Ertz will also come to play. I like DBTR to win huge this week. Next matchup, oh, the one of the best rivalries in the MTL. Carry on Wayward Son against Kyle Orton. Sammy C, same story. You haven't... You've lacked the champion's mentality. I'm not sure if this is some sort of ploy or some sort of reverse sort of psychological thing that you have going on here. Either way, I'm out on it. I don't like it. Again, you're across the pond. It seems you've given up. I think your team takes to that. And I think uh, Carry On Wayward Son not only should win this week, but deserves to win this week. And I am outright rooting for him to win this week because he deserves it more. He wants it more. He's managed his roster. He cares about it. And frankly, he deserves it more than you, Sam. 
So I'm rooting for carry on. I'm out of the, you know, completely out in the open here. I am overtly rooting for carry on Wayward Son to win this week. Uh, I hope Mitch Trubisky lays a stinker on Monday night. Should he lay one on Monday night, I think the Bears need to strongly consider putting him on the bench or bringing in another quarterback to challenge him for the job because you can't waste a defense like this. Believe me, from Michigan State, I know all too well um, to watch the quarterback and the offense let you down. So give me carry on Wayward Son, not because I necessarily think he's going to win, but because I desperately want him to win. Next matchup. Post Mahomes and Ross B against Taming of the Minshew. Taming of the Minshew off to a strong start. Derrick Henry punches in a touchdown last night in a crucial, crucial point-getting situation for Minshew because I'll tell you what, his namesake, Mr. Minshew II himself, puts up a 20 spot and put Jake in great position to challenge Ross B here. Now, Ross B, I still think top to bottom has a much better roster. I got to take Ross B to win this uh, week, Jake. But I'll tell you what, your team has impressed me. It's impressed me. And I, I think you get this guy Minshew and all of a sudden the league's taken to him. And he, he, for some reason, is drawing a lot of clicks. He's come out of nowhere. And the NFL seems to, dare I say, favor some of its players that draw more attention. Uh, think about maybe the quarterback in Foxborough or the one in Lambeau. I, I don't know. But anyway, Minshew, as long as people are rooting for him, I could see him getting some calls, helping out the Jacksonville Jaguars, helping them put up points. And, and Jake, it looks like a great investment on your behalf. Uh, you've closed the projection gap, uh, I believe. Um, and, and so I think, Jake, you have a chance here. But I'm taking a post-Mahomes. I like this roster. Matty Breda, so efficient. Ross B, your team top to bottom, looks absolutely dynamite. Again, just my long-term concern is Nick Chubb. I'll reiterate. But, again, your team looks... Very, very solid, Rossby, and I have no reason uh, to pick against you here. And uh, But I, I think you're going to be challenged a little bit here from Jakey. If he can find some production as receivers, this could get interesting. Jake off to a good start, but still give me Rossby in a close one. Next matchup, uh, the Palomalus against TMC. Obviously, some more Taste League activity uh, just before I'm recording this. Uh, the Palomalus receiving a nice little care package from TMC. Uh, the Palomalus openly expressed concern, opened the package, not in his own building, in his own apartment, but rather outside. Likely a good movie and uh, seems to be the smart decision. And uh, looking at the matchup this week, though, this is a tough one. Leonard Fournette again last night. Another guy who did not deserve the amount of points that he had because this is the six catches for 26 yards. Jeez. Horrible. Horrible. We just shouldn't reward that, but at the same time, that's the beauty of fantasy. Fournette puts up 15 in a week. He absolutely deserved to have about five because he stunk last night. He does not look like a very good NFL back to me. He drastically has underperformed throughout his career in the NFL. Uh, since high school, we are hearing the coming of Adrian Peterson, a Hall of Famer, a talented guy, Pro Bowler, blah, blah, blah. It hasn't happened yet. I don't see it yet. And frankly, he's running out of time for me to believe in him as a really good NFL back. Uh, like I said with David Johnson, at some point, you just are what you are. TMC uh, coming off a real, real subpar week. I expect some better performances from TMC's players. I think TMC going the opposite way of more than a Thielen and Kyle Orton. Uh, TMC doing everything in their power to spearhead a rally and to get their troops marching again because sending Ian some things during rivalry week, I think it's a great inspirational move. I think the locker room comes together and I think TMC absolutely puts a hurting on the Palomalus this week. I think if the Palomalus were a potato, TMC would put him into mashed form because this is going to be an absolute mashed potatoes. Throw some gravy on there, maybe a little garlic, and we'll have a nice meal because TMC is going to be cooking something up this week. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I like Russell Wilson to have a huge week against New Orleans at home. I think he senses it. I think he's going to smell victory, and I think he's going to take advantage of a Saints team that might be a little morally defeated here, losing their fearless leader in Mr. Drew Breesy, or Drew Brees as he's known around uh, the league, but he is Drew Breesy in my house. Anyway, I'll take TMC uh, to win pretty handily against an Ian team that I'm just not quite sure 
has what what's left in the tank here for Ian, but it's just when I say things like that that Ian finds a way and, and his team goes for 200. Um, and with that, that concludes the game picks here. So we're 40 minutes in now. I did have a little bit of a request. Um, we could take a look here at the um, uh, free agent bids. It was a request from... Uh, well, I'll keep him anonymous for now, but it was texted to me after the last program, wanted me to talk a little bit about some waiver bids and, and who gets who, and I, I like the idea, so I'm going to do it. I really do. So we'll go down, and I think I would focus on some of the, the bigger names and players of the weeks. So the Palomalu's picking up Taysom Hill for $4. Um, again, I I like that move. I do. Um, by, uh, it didn't look like there was another bid, but I think it's worth it. Bridgewater obviously has had a huge injury in the past. Taysom Hill has quarterback experience. He's clearly going to be used whether it's at quarterback or in packages, but I, I think that has some value to it. Jordy R., you made a great pickup in DJ, DJ Chark, uh, $11 waiver. Um, obviously looked great last night. I like that moving forward. You also picked up Nelson Aguilar. For $15, I also think that's a really good move, given the injuries on the Eagles rosters. Um, Kyle Orton spent $92 on Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, feels like more of a necessity rather than he wanted to. Again, I don't know what to expect of Bridgewater. He hasn't played a meaningful snap at quarterback in a long time. And so we'll, we'll see what he's made of this week. Um, I, I do think... He's got some weapons around him, and he, you know, obviously has shown in the past he could be a pretty good player. But I'm not, I'm not sure what to think. I, I think Sammy C kind of needed it, given Mitch Trubisky how bad he's looked. Sammy C, I don't hate that move at all, and I think you should strongly consider starting Bridgewater, pending how he looks this week, uh, moving forward. And, and given if Trubisky can't get this thing going, Dude I Palmer, you ninety-eight dollars on Mason Rudolph, necessary. Dude I Palmer, you needed the quarterback. I'm honestly a little surprised he didn't go the full 100, but uh, listen, you get him for 98, and, and that's a good move. Nobody seemed to have placed another bid on him, um, and so I really like that move from uh, from Judai Palmer. You're clearly losing Breeze Hurts, but if R Rudolph can come in and, and just produce, again, he has enough weapons to be a fantasy asset. I mean, he can maybe throw a couple touchdowns here and there. He's got James Washington can stretch the field. Vance McDonald, Juju Smith-Schuster, Jimmy Connor can be an effective passer. Pass catcher J Jalen Samuels is solid. I, I, they have enough weapons that this guy could put up some numbers for you, Hazen. But uh, obviously, we'll, we'll see. He might have some growing pains. He might struggle a little bit. We'll see if Pittsburgh's locker room comes together here, uh, staring 0-2 uh, in the face. And and it's, it's desperate times in Pittsburgh. But uh, you had to do it, and I, I think uh, worth it. Moving up the list, $2 for Kyle Allen. Seemed to pay off for carry on as Cam Newton ruled out. Could potentially sell it to a quarterback starved team. Dan Jason dialed in to start the season here. I like Dan Jason's team. I've said it. I think his team's honestly underperformed a little bit. One and one and struggled in his one victory. But I think Dan Jason's got a good team. He knows what he's doing on the waiver wire, and I'm a fan. Um, let's see what else happened here. Um... These would be more free agents. Judai Palmer, you again picking up Greg Olson for David Joku. That's about as good of a move as I've seen on the waiver wire this season because Greg Olson, as long as he's healthy, is going to put up some solid numbers for you. And uh, one of the other ones, and this wasn't a waiver one as well. This was a free agent, but J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, uh, TMC. Uh, I actually discussed with Cobran long before this move about picking him up. Uh, Cobran expressed his desire to keep uh, Miles Boykin over him. We did not pick up Mr. Whiteside. Because uh, I'm Mr. Whiteside. Anyway, that's a great pickup. Uh, keeper upside as well, because I believe Post Mahomes and Ross B drafted him. I love that. We'll see what he's made of this week. He's going to get the snaps. He'll be on the field. The question is, do they get him the ball? And if they do, then TMC could be looking at uh, another keeper moving forward to pair with Russell Wilson. But uh, that kind of talks about, takes care of the waiver wire. And this was a crazy week, guys, wasn't it? Uh, so much just going on. It's tough to cram everything into a, an hour-long podcast. And 
I don't, I don't think I paced myself as well today. We're at 45 minutes. I kind of touched on everything, and I feel like I, I, I could still keep talking about things. But listen, listen. We stand here, right? It's week three. Um, this is starting to become where you're going to start to see who's, who's good in this league and who isn't. Um, there's two teams remaining that are unbeaten, uh, Hazen and myself. Um, I, I think both teams, while are competitive and will be competitive, are flawed. I think Post Mahomes has the best team in this league right now, um, if I had to choose. But again, as I, to reiterate, the best team doesn't have to win. And Rossby obviously has been prone uh, to a couple of his guys getting hurt. He's got three tight ends on his roster. But Rossby does have a very, very dynamic team. Um, and, and he's got the firepower. He's got the firepower, and that's what you need in this league. If you don't have firepower, you're going to struggle. Even if you have a bunch of solid guys. Ross B's got a bunch of guys who can put up 20 plus, 25. And, and I just like Post Mahomes right now as the best team in this league. And, and the worst team in this league, while Kyle Wharton sits at last place, Ian, I got to say you have the worst team in this league right now. And, and it's not even that your roster sucks. It's just, it, it's a lot of like external factors, right? Like Eli Manning gets benched. You're bringing in a new quarterback. You're losing Roethlisberger for the season. You, Darwin Thompson, I mean, like, I don't even know what to think of him. Duke Johnson hasn't performed well for you. You've gotten really unlucky. And that's sometimes how fantasy is. There are sometimes where you get really lucky, like Philip Lindsay last year did that the whole season. And that was a great move. But, you know, just looking at this team, it, it's just... Antonio Brown released, and and let me talk about Antonio Brown, I guess, for a second, and, and then wrap it up. But you know, um, I was not a fan of his antics at all. Like uh, before the investigation with the helmet and the feet, and and I'm a believer that uh, it's called me old fashioned. But when you sign a contract and you and you it's time to play, and you're making all this money, and this you get to do something that you love to do, you, you shouldn't complain about something as petty as a helmet. I get it. It's your helmet. You played well with it. Fine. I, I just, I just don't. I don't like that. And I didn't like when Tom Brady did his football stuff. I, I hate that stuff. Okay, like if you're that good, if you are that good, a little helmet shouldn't matter. A little psi, a little air pressure in the football shouldn't matter, right? Look at Brady now. He's fine. So Antonio should go out there and shut up and start producing. And he did that for a week. But clearly, the Patriots uh, took a couple of Advil to cure this headache. And the Advil wore off and they got rid of him because this guy seems to have caused a problem now really in every place he's gone. I mean, granted, he's only, he's been in two places so f with such little time, but I just don't see another team taking on this headache outside of just huge desperation. They're the only other team that I could see bringing in Antonio Brown outside of injury. And, and outside, uh, and I also think that Antonio Brown would have, you know, severe reservations about playing in a place like Miami where, yeah, the weather is great and everything, but the team sucks and uh, nobody could get him the ball. So the only team I could really see bringing him in right now, the Dallas Cowboys. I could see Jerry Jones being infatuated with being able to give Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott, Amari Cooper, Antonio Brown, and when Gallup and Cobb come back, I mean, that offense could be spectacular. Um, if that doesn't happen, I just don't... I mean, San Francisco, I think, could use a receiver. They were rumored to be interested via trade before everything went down, but I, I don't know if that's going to happen. They're sitting 2-0, and, and and this guy just brings a lot of attention, a lot of distractions, and frankly, a whole lot of headache uh, into the locker room and inside the organization. I'm just not sure a team takes a chance on him anymore. Um Sometimes you're just more trouble than you're worth. And, and he obviously, he's one of the all-time great receivers, talent-wise, I think, and production-wise. But uh, at still a relatively young age, it's still kind of in his prime of football. Uh, it's just really, really pathetic to watch. And and I'm not sure that this guy has, an, it has a place in this league anymore, which would be one of the most obscure and strange endings to a career that I could ever imagine uh, and ever think of. Uh, 31 years old, and, and this guy might have played his last down when healthy. Uh, it's absolutely mind-blowing to me, and, and 
frankly, it's a little upsetting. I mean, I like watching him play. He's a great player, but what's fair is fair, and, and he's exhausted a, whole, a lot of people and a lot of teams, and, and I, I'm not sure he plays another down. If I had to put a number on it, I'd say I'd say there's a 70% chance he does not play football ever again, that no team gives him another chance. And I'll, I'll still leave a, a, a good chunk of the door open, the window open, whatever you want to call it, a 30% chance a team will sign him, but... I, I'm very concerned that we've seen the last of Antonio Brown. Um, and, and it'll be interesting to monitor some of this stuff moving forward. A couple names out there. Des Bryant's still out there. I did see Jay Cutler's name mentioned by a couple people. I did mention it on this podcast before I saw it. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world for some of these teams. But uh, obviously, a guy like Gar- if a guy like Gardner Minshew can come along, perhaps that's incentive to not make a phone call to a guy like Jay Cutler. But... Uh, all in all, I gotta say, up until now, Jake has been the most surprising team. Clearly, Kyle Orton has been the most disappointing team. But I think uh, as we move forward, we'll really start to see who's for real here. Uh, again, Sammy C. I think the attitude's got to change. I think it's still early enough in the season to where if you make a couple moves, you get this thing turned around. You got enough star power here, Sammy C. You get Ty Hill back, you just get the 500, and you make a late playoff push. And that's where I think you stand right now. But again, you don't seem to really aspire to do that. And we'll, we'll see moving forward. The storylines are here. Uh, the More Taste League is thriving. The ratings are up. Everyone is is having fun with this. And we got TMC sending the Palomalu's packages. I love that. Uh, just some all-around great stuff here across the, the league. And uh, this will be interesting to monitor here. So enjoy Rivalry Week. And... Uh, We've got uh, some Jewish holidays coming up, so uh, tell all your families. I wish them a, a happy and healthy. And so uh, with that, this has been The Ah Podcast. I am your host, B. I'll see you next time.